0: It's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. Our guest is Judy Miller. J-U-D-I Miller.net is her website. And I want you to go there and take a look at her face. She's just adorable. And um, she's so peaceful. Wait do you hear her. She's just so peaceful. And she has such a wild story to tell wild now you know I don't go in for the past life stories because I got enough going on right here with this life but her story is pretty miraculous and it is about healing from trauma healing from her mother's trauma that she believes was born into her something to think about if you were on my weekend retreat this weekend you'd be with Judy Miller because she's one of the guests Why didn't you sign up? We've got amazing things going on. All right, catch the next one. Visit Casey.co. Yes, I recorded this at home on the Zoom. So yes, my microphone sounds a little weird. But yes, I finally hooked up the new microphone so you're never going to hear this weirdness again. So everything will be better in the future. Isn't that just our wish for the new year? Judy, a former accountant in New York City, wrote a book about her spiritual
1: transformation. It's called Perfect. And here's the story. As a child, I had fears as a child, and I know that many children have fears. I was afraid of drowning, but I was also terrified of the dark and I was also terrified of sexual assault. I actually never shared the fear of sexual assault with anyone until several years ago when I was actually going through this process, this journey that I describe in my book. Um, So as you could imagine, as a child, this was extremely confusing. Um, Literally, night after night, I would crawl into bed terrified. I was terrified of going to sleep. And it's not like monsters under the bed or monsters in the closet. This was felt like true terror. And I remember closing my eyes every night, just reciting the Lord's Prayer over and over again until exhausted, I would fall asleep. And Casey This was my ritual night after night, well into my 20s. Um, You know, I started my career as a CPA. I worked for one of the big four accounting firms in New York City. And so I had a very traditional lifestyle. But then at night, I would be paralyzed by this overwhelming sense of fear. And then I actually met my husband. He's a CPA also. And we got married and I had two incredible children. I commuted three hours a day to work and, you know, worked 40 to 50 hours a week. And Casey, in that exhaustion, everything stopped. That fear, that terror, everything stopped. Mm -hmm. But But then my kids grew up and they went off to college. And if you or any of your listeners are empty nesters, you know what that sounds like. The house becomes silent. And in that silence, everything returned. That fear and that terror returned.
0: Wow. Wow. Is this something you told your husband about?
1: So he knew that I was terrified of the dark. He did not know I was terrified of sexual assault because I literally would tiptoe around my house. I would wake up in the middle of the night grabbing, clutching in fear at him. So he knew that I had this unexplainable terror of the dark. Um, But then... I started to actually bleed uncontrollably month after month. And a good friend of mine recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. And Barbara was actually a former NASA physicist, and she studied the human energy field. And what she learned, she was actually able to heal people. So days before my surgery, I actually looked up healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I'm extremely auditory. I heard the click of a lock like my entire life was clicking into place. Of course, I didn't know that at the time that my life was clicking into place, but I just heard the click of a lock. And I didn't know the role that that healer actually played in my family's history.
0: First of all, I think you're probably hearing from people who've read the book Perfect by Judy Miller, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. I bet you're hearing from other people who have lived with terror and never expressed it. Is that so?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So there's actually pain and terror that could live in our bodies. And that's what I that's what I discovered.
0: Right. And Barbara Brennan, I, I told you this when we spoke before, she's my... Hero, I've got two of her books now on my nightstand because she was, this is a physicist who can heal through the energy field. And I love that your CPA mind, right? You were in the corporate (laughs) CPA world and there's nothing more filled the boxes than CPA, that you were open to this which is fabulous. It's because you came upon Barbara Brennan, right? That opened you to this, or had you had any knowledge of it previously?
1: So I didn't have any knowledge of energy healing per se. Um, I actually moved to the U.S. when I was very young, when I was four years old. And uh, my family is actually from Trinidad, which is an island in the Caribbean. And so there is a very open understanding of spirituality. So as a child, I could sense and feel different energies, but these energies terrified me. Um, So my, my parents never thought it was unusual or uncommon Um, but i knew that everybody else around me thought it was unusual uncommon so i tried to hide it for most of my life and then when i discovered barbara brennan from my friend i was like amazed at all of these different things about how people could actually heal and these terrors that people actually had in their lives. I, I really felt like I was discovering discovering myself all over again. So
0: before you had your surgery, you went to an energy healer and you, you heard a, a, a click and it was a good click. It wasn't like a door locking behind you. It was a click like
1: things are falling into place. Exactly, exactly. So my healer actually helped me heal after the hysterectomy. And then we actually continued to work together because I had this unexplainable fear of the dark. Again, I never told her about sexual assault. So we looked at some of my childhood experiences to see if anything actually elicited it, but nothing came to mind. And then we started to explore two things that were brand new to me. One, the first one was past lives. I'd actually never even heard of past lives. She introduced me to the work of Dr. Brian Weiss. And Dr. Weiss actually had a patient named Catherine who had these unexplainable fears and phobias. And quite by accident during hypnosis, he was actually able to take her back to past lives where she actually experienced these different traumas. And by understanding where they came from, she was actually able to be healed. Um, She also introduced me to the work of Dr. Michael Newton, who also did past life regressions, as well as Dolores Cannon. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm telling you right now, I fell off a cliff because I can't even <laughs> look at pictures and, and my knees get weak when I see pictures of cliffs. But that's as far as my past life uh, knowledge goes. You know, that's just a feeling I have because as my listeners know, I always say, I've got so much going on in this life. I really admire you for looking into to past lives to, to live a more fuller life today. So tell us where that took you.
1: So just as a funny aside, so when I found out that Dr. Brian Weiss was actually doing a seminar in the Jacob Javits Center in New York City, I was all over it. I was like, I'm open, I'm receptive. And I was actually amazed because I had never heard of it before, but there was hundreds, maybe even thousands of people actually in the center. And Dr. Weiss said over 50% of the people would actually have a past life regression. So I was determined it was going to be me, but I slept through the whole thing. So during the hypnosis, I started to hear this gentle, snoring sound. And I realized as he was taking this out of the regression that it was actually me. I literally (laughs) fell asleep and slept through the entire thing. So I was definitely a little disappointed in my first experience.
0: But you said earlier you were exhausted too. So, you know, (laughs) at least you got a nap.
1: Absolutely. But then my healer also introduced me to some other work that I had never heard of, The Science of Epigenetics. And the science of epigenetics says we could actually inherit the pain and the traumas that our parents went through, not only our parents, but our grandparents and our ancestors. They've actually shown with Holocaust survivors that Holocaust survivors, their children and their grandchildren actually can have that same fear and panic that their parents experienced triggered in their bodies. And in recent experiments with mice have actually shown the same thing. They've actually introduced the smell of cherry blossoms to mice, and then they zap the mice gently on the feet. So, Casey, after a while, just the scent of cherry blossoms would trigger that same fear and panic. But what I found amazing was that the mice's children and their children, so their grandchildren, just the scent of cherry blossoms would trigger that same fear. They had never been zapped, and they were never exposed to the father that was zapped.
0: Wow. 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 Okay.
1: But it gets even more amazing.
0: Yes, please tell.
1: They say um, female babies are actually born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth. Mm -hmm. So for much of your mother's childhood, young adulthood, you were actually inside your mother as an unborn egg. So on a cellular level, you actually experienced her triumphs, but also her traumas.
0: That's uh, The thought of that is almost too much. Right? The thought of that is almost too much to take in, but it makes perfect sense when you say it, Judy Miller. <laughs> <laughs> so, after your hysterectomy, you're working with an energy healer, you're finding out so much, you're learning about past life regressions. What did you come to ultimately learn about what put you in the hospital in the first place?
1: So, after working about nine months with my energy healer, uh, around the same time, my mother turned 80. So, we had a family um, birthday party to celebrate my mother's 80th birthday. And at her birthday party, I learned from my brother for the very first time that my mother was actually attacked as a child. And I never even knew that. No one actually in the family knew that except for my brother and my father. My father actually shared it with my brother when my father was on his deathbed. And my brother shared it with me at my mother's 80th birthday party. And then, Casey, I understood where that pain, that terror of the night, that terror of being assaulted actually came from. Wow.
0: Were you ever able to talk to her and ask her if she, if she carried the, the fear the way you did?
1: So I did actually speak with my mother. I asked her about it. I asked her whether or not it was true. And she actually shared it. And she said that she was so relieved because when she experienced it as a child, her mother told her never to share it with anyone else, to never speak of it again. And then so many things that I've carried from my life suddenly made sense. Because for most of my life, I had problems finding my voice in the world. I couldn't speak up. But by sharing this experience and talking with my mother and learning what she went through, um, I believe that she was healed and I was healed as well.
0: That really makes me want to cry that you couldn't find your voice in the world so isn't it though generational because my mother and grandmother were the same way if something happened they thought the greatest gift they could give us was to never mention it again mm-hmm. they really thought that was the greatest greatest gift or at least maybe I'm maybe I'm giving them a break by saying they thought that was a gift because really the only person it served was them, <laughs> you know, that they didn't have to talk about it, but it really, you know, I'm thinking of childhood memories that were terrible things happen and never discussed again. That's a terrible burden for the child. You know, some things need to be processed, but maybe it's generational. Anyway, um, you and your healer got particularly, is particularly close the right term or it's like you're almost family sort of
1: Uh, Probably you could describe it that way, but uh, my story actually doesn't end there. It actually has a shocking ending. Um, That very healer that I trusted, as I mentioned in the beginning, actually played a pivotal role in my family's history. What we uncovered at the very end was she was actually the soul that actually assaulted my mother. And I know, Casey, it sounds a little unusual, maybe even uncommon to most people. But in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear. I could have felt anger. I could have felt betrayal, but I didn't. All I felt was the immense love and perfection of the universe. I actually saw how all of our souls are actually interconnected across lifetimes, how we could truly never get it wrong. What if, I invite you, what if at the point of our transition, you know, when you hear about near-death experiences, people see their life in review, what if at that point in transition we get to see our life in review and we get to come back and heal the one thing that perhaps we would do differently? So what that taught me was that we could heal in any moment in this lifetime or in any other, that we could truly never get it wrong, that we're unconditionally loved and accepted by the creator or the God of our understanding.
0: When you say it, Judy Miller, author of the book, Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation, I believe it. When you say it, I believe it. This story is so beautiful. And doesn't it make perfect sense that we each play a role in each other's redemption, Is that the right word? Yeah. We each play a role in each other's lives. Um, You helped. I don't know. Let me not get it. Let me stay in my lane. Let me say this. As you healed this memory for yourself, as you came to the great realization, I am carrying my mother's fear and it's tormented me my whole life. But now... Because your therapist looked into, or your healer, your energy healer looked into her past life, she comes to be the one who assaulted your mom in a past life, right? Is that right? Do I have that right? right? You have it correct. Did that help to heal your
1: mother? So it's interesting. Indigenous cultures in North America believe that when you heal, you heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. So I do believe my mother was healed. I also believe that my daughter was healed as well. Um, my daughter would probably be very upset if she knew I was talking about her, but she had certain quirks, certain fears, and I've noticed that as I've healed and as my mothers have healed, um, she doesn't have those fears anymore. Hmm. Wow, that is interesting.
0: So really, the best thing we can do for our children and our ancestors, forgive me, my dog is climbing on me, the best thing we can do for our children and our ancestors is to find a way to heal ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. That's a tall order, though. You know, I don't want to put any pressure on anybody. Um, Tell me about the incident you had sitting in church on Good Friday.
1: Sure. So there's several different incidences that I would call either spiritual or mystical. Um, Good Friday was just the first one, but I'd love to share a a couple of other ones as well. So sitting in church on Good Friday, I was waiting for mass to start. I was listening to the choir saying. My kids were texting on their phones next to me, and as I sat there. This overwhelming sense of love literally descended upon me out of nowhere. And it was every sense of love you could possibly imagine multiplied a million times. And it just literally filled my body and it just overflowed in tears. And the reason the reason I wanted to share that with you is because for most of my life I felt different. I felt incomplete. I felt unworthy. But if you experienced the love of the universe, you would never question it again.
0: That's a beautiful story. And I want to ask you and a beautiful experience and I'm so grateful that you had it. I've had glimpses of something maybe near that, but what you described sounds, you know, like a touching heaven, this unworthiness part. I'm just now, like I keep tripping over this word unworthiness. Um, It feels to me, I don't know either. It just feels to me like part of the human condition. I think everyone I hate when I get this way and I start talking in, you know, broad language, but unworthiness, do you think that's something we're born with? Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's something that we learn. I think we become disconnected from the creator, the God of our understanding. We get disconnected from the essence of who we truly are. And when we become disconnected, we start to feel incomplete. We feel unworthy. I'd love to share another experience with you that kind of addresses that. um, Please. So, my healer offered to do a hypnosis to see if there was anything in my subconscious that were triggering these fears. And as I laid on her healing table um, under hypnosis, I actually started to feel myself gently rise. I was rising first through this um, purple haze and then out into this bright white light. And again, it felt like a near death experience. I was feeling this overwhelming sense of love. I was actually merging with this love. And the message that I got at that time was we can all come home. We could all come home by loving. And accepting who we are, exactly as we are, that the joy is in the reunion, in the remembrance of who we are. So, Casey, I think that gets to what we were talking about before—that unworthiness is because we forgot who we are.
0: Judy, who are we?
1: We are, we are, we are part of the Creator. We are the Creator.
0: Again, when you say it, I believe you. You, your book, perfect. Reads like a, a novel, but it is absolutely your story. And you have in there reflections and practices. Are there any practices you could share with us
1: today? Sure. So I made the practices extremely simple because I know how crazy and busy people's lives are because I've been there. So I'll share with you three very simple ones. The first one is everything is energy. And we all know that. Everything is energy. Our thoughts are energy. Everything is energy vibrating at different frequencies, Right. So when I felt, Casey, when I felt stuck in my life, what I realized was because my energy was stuck. So we need to move because we are energy. The second one is to create because we are the creator. We are part of the creative life force. And when we don't use our creativity, that energy also becomes stuck and it can manifest as pain and sickness in our bodies. So for me, it's playing the classical guitar, but it could be anything. I discovered that Expressing our creativity could be anything. It could be what we prepare Mm -hmm. for dinner, how we dress. You know, as a CPA, a finance director doing presentations, I found that I could actually be creative in the presentations that I do. So we are the creator. So we need to express that creativity. And then a third one, very simply, as we were talking about earlier, I always had problems finding my voice in the world. So my healer suggested that I sing. I'm actually tone deaf, so you don't want to hear me sing. But I found that by singing, not only does it open up my throat chakra, it opens up my other chakras as well, but it also helps me manifest in the world. So Casey, when I did these presentations at work, I would, sneak out of the office, get into my car, turn on the radio, and I would sing at the top of my lungs. Then I would sneak back into the office, do my presentations, and I found that it opened up my throat chakra, but it also gave me the forward momentum to continue. So the practices are extremely simple. And as you mentioned, the reflections are the lessons that I learned on this journey that people could apply in their own lives.
0: When you said uh, the first item is
1: move, do you mean like move our bodies and exercise or walk or jog? What do you mean by move? So exercise, but do something that brings you joy. So if going to the gym does not bring you joy, walk in nature. Find something that sparks that joy in your life.
0: Move, create, and sing. Those are three fabulous practices. Are you still working in the corporate world?
1: So I recently moved in February. So I left the corporate world in February because we actually relocated.
0: You left New York. Yes. So you have left the corporate world.
1: Mm -hmm, Correct.
0: What was it like marrying those two worlds, having one foot in the corporate world or actually being in the corporate world and being so much in the spiritual world too? Were there any bumps along that path?
1: So initially I thought I couldn't be in both worlds, but then I realized that we show up as who we are, that I started to show up to work as this more embodied soul and that the way that I managed people, the way that I presented, the way that I interacted with people totally changed. So we could actually do both Casey because we show up differently.
0: Right. And what I've learned because my, I have a radio persona, I guess you would say that people have known me, you know, throughout this region as a radio host for many years. And I was almost embarrassed to integrate you know, my spiritual life into my radio work. But the more I do, the better everything gets, right? We have to bring our whole selves.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I started to find that. So my book came out only a couple of months ago, and I've done, you know, numerous interviews. And in the beginning, I started to hide some of the unusual and uncommon parts of the story. And then I realized the reason I wrote the book, the reason I'm sharing the book is for those very reasons, And then I started to share and then I just felt called to to really share the entire story with people.
0: It is quite a story. And what does your mother think of it all?
1: Well, my mother's still a very private person. Um, She's been healed and she's grateful and um, she's grateful that I've been healed. But for the most part, she is a very extremely private person.
0: Right. So, okay, got it. Um, Is there anything else you want our listeners to know?
1: Well, you know, during this time of, COVID 19, so many of us feel isolated and alone. And if it's okay, maybe we could walk through a very quick practice. Let's. A- and I discovered this quite by accident, le- le- <laughs> laying on my healer's table week after week. But Casey, I invite you to close your eyes, or if it's safe to do so, your listeners to do the same. And in those moments when we feel alone and isolated, this is something that we could do. So, Casey, I invite you to bring in an image or memory of someone or something that you love. It could be a partner. It could be a friend, it could be a child, it could be a dog or a pet. And I want you to experience that loving moment, not just see it, but what are you hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, and just let that love radiate through every cell of your body and completely fill you. And I want you to multiply that sense and that feeling of love two times more. And I want you to bring in another image or memory. It could be the first time you saw that snowfall in New York, the first time you saw a sunset or the first time you held a child in your hand or maybe your first kiss and let that feeling of love just wash through you and fill you and i want you to put your hand on your heart and say this love is for you this love is you and casey when you're ready i invite you to open your eyes but the reason that i love this practice is because it's not dependent on anyone or anything we could create this feeling of love in any moment, because we are love.
0: Beautiful. Judy Miller, truly amazing. That was so simple and so bright and clean. Felt so good. Thank you. I just want to backtrack a tiny minute and ask you, the relationship with you and your healer, are you still close?
1: We still communicate periodically, but we both realize that we have different paths to move on, to continue in our lives. Um, So we're both pursuing our own paths now. But I am so grateful that she's been part of my life how does this
0: make you look at your future having this experience this kind of unexpected experience you really went on a journey Um, now what does life look like now
1: miraculous so one of the main parts of my book and my story is teaching people how to let go of their stories the labels and judgments that no longer serve them so Casey when we let go of our stories our labels and judgments We see everything through the eyes of the creator. We see everything through the eyes of love where there is no separation. And also, when we drop our stories, labels, and judgments, we experience every moment as if for the first time, where there's only joy and wonder, like children.
0: That's Judy Miller, J-U-D-I Miller.net. Just so lovely and peaceful, and what an incredible story. Her book is called Perfect. A path to love, forgiveness, and transformation. And if you heard any weird noises in the background, that was just Tucker the Pug sleeping on my lap. Thank you so much for listening. For more, check out co or GatheringLove.org. Our thought for the day comes from a blog by Amy Reese Anderson. She says, if you don't believe in miracles, perhaps you've forgotten that you are one. Shine on.